welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm Courtney, and I am here on a hot August day with my friend, Eel. Hi. I don't know what voice came out of me. That was interesting. I actually liked it, and I want to... like it? I'm kind of interested, and I hope that character will no. sort of have a star turn at uh-uh. some point. No? no, no, they're gone. They don't even have a name? Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian. <laughs> I'm going to keep an eye out for Sebastian. Eye in an ear. No, don't worry. There are no characters in this episode, but there are a lot of very bad men. So you say that um, characters are not welcome? <laughs> Stone-faced. <laughs> I'm not cutting out that pause, Al. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. You ready? Yeah. Lay it on me. James Edward Sullivan was one of the founders of the Amateur Athletic Union, which officially formed in January of 1888. Ooh. The union dedicated itself to the promotion and development of physical fitness in America, more specifically leaning into the goal of creating a common line of high standards for amateur sports. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, everyone's got to jump the same, I guess. I guess. I I don't know if these were the motherfuckers uh, who developed the presidential fitness test. Oh. Did you have to do that up here? No, but it sounds bad from when I read The Princess Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, The Princess Diaries. It was really bad because it's like, if you don't, like, fucking do 50 sit-ups, you're fat. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fat. My dude. Does that mean I don't have to do them? <laughs> I can, you don't need me to like. But it was in front of everyone. It was Ugh, that very awful. Sounds bad. It probably wasn't these guys though. They also did other bad things though. <laughs> Sullivan himself was a major figure in stealing the 1904 Olympics hmm. and making sure they became a display of quote Anglo America's cultural superiority. Eey. Yeah, we're starting off strong. Who? <laughs> In 1901, the International Olympic Committee had awarded the third modern-day Olympiad to Chicago, beating up Berlin and Copenhagen and Stockholm. This would be the first Olympic Games that were to be held outside of Europe. Philadelphia and New York had both entertained the idea of bidding as well, but the potential for a $250,000 price tag, that is $7,631,910.11 in today's money. Oof. <laughs> That's a lot of cash. That's Bezos pocket change. Oh, boy. He's got that. He's got that jumbling around in the spacecraft, actually. <laughs> I may have been a little bit intimidating. St. Louis actually placed in a very rushed bid that was far too late for the IOC to consider the city. Chicago's proposal was well put together and supported by key American figures. St. Louis's proposal was not. It was just bad. Oh, okay. They did a bad job. (laughs) They did a very bad job. After Chicago was announced as the Olympics' chosen city, the Chicago Tribune noted that, quote, St. Louis had excellent claims, but they were overshadowed by the advantage offered by Chicago. Chicago Tribune. You said all kinds of shit. <laughs> what they say? They just said all kinds of stuff. They say, well, they're saying some stuff now. Yeah. The St. Louis contingent was eager for the potential to pair the media and public attention that comes with an Olympic Games with their World's Fair. Oh. Mm. Do you know uh, Meet Me in St. Louis? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's all this shit. Wow. Yeah. They got that big arch? They got... Hey, they got the biggest arch. They must have a pretty big McDonald's. 
In there? Yeah. No. No. Okay. Oh, sorry. That's、mm, fine. <laughs> Originally meant to be put on during the hundredth year anniversary of the Louisiana Purchase.、Uh, <laughs> maybe eighteen oh three. Maybe don't. Well, the World's Fair was burdened with such heavy financial issues. It was actually pushed back a year from nineteen oh three to nineteen oh four. So it was like the hundredth and first anniversary. Don't worry about it. Oh boy. The fair's biggest worry were ticket sales. It was so far in debt that they needed an incredibly large audience to attend to dig out their financial hole. You know. Yeah, you know, when you got a financial hole, you got rustle around in there. Got to find a sugar daddy. Ooh. <laughs> well, they're about to. Ooh. Having an Olympic Games in the same city happening at the same time as the fair would certainly be a boon. So here's here here it is. Chicago already has the Olympics; they、yeah. are given it. But St. Louis is like, but what if? <laughs> but what if not? But what if not? What if us? What if us? What if we did? What if we had it? <laughs> it would help us. Look, we got a fair <laughs> and a financial hole. <laughs> can we please have? Can we have? Please, please, please. Oh, they don't say please. Oh no. St. Louis teamed up with James Sullivan and the Amateur Athletics Union to kick up. A fuss. Ooh! At first, they promised that they themselves would host athletic events within the World's Fair at the same time as the Olympics. <laughs> We're gonna do our own Olympics. <laughs> We can't call it Olympics, though. We're gonna do our own big games thing. Yeah. Through his power in the AAU, Sullivan was able to insinuate that the American athletes in the union would choose the World's Fair exposition. Over the Olympics, so they'd be like, "Hey, you won't have any Americans in the Olympics. Good luck. Good luck." There are even suggestions that a desperate Chicago should postpone the Olympics until 1905 because St. Louis was quote trying to seize upon our games. I don't know that Chicago is the one that's desperate here. Well, because they they thought, okay, if we are having the Olympics, St. Louis is actually going to have another Olympics,、yeah. um, and all the athletics from the union, all the athletes from the union, is just going to be in in St. Louis. So,、mm-hmm. like, do we need to push back the Olympics? Can you imagine pushing back the Olympics for St. Louis? You can't do that, right? You can't move it a year. No, I don't think you're allowed to do that.、No. Um, or some like old white dude's gonna have a real bug up his butt. <laughs> and you know, if the city, you know, is under, I don't know, a plague or disease. Yeah, like if something really bad is happening that、you、affects、can't. everybody, and you're trying to throw an event that has a bunch of crowds and people in and out of your country. Ooh, you maybe, can't. Maybe postpone it. They can't. Okay, <laughs> it's very important. They it can't. can't be done. It is also important to mention that Sullivan had been carrying a grudge that the IOC refused to select him as part of their men- membership in 1900. Ooh, yep,、so、that makes he sense. Had a major chip on his shoulder. Sour grapes. In February 1903, Henry Ferber, the head of the Chicago Olympic Committee, announced that there was a quote strong likelihood that the games would take place in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> and that Chicagoans should not quote let pride or ambition stand in the way. So there was like backroom dealings. Okay, okay, okay.、Uh, the World's Fair had received six million dollars in government funding. That is one hundred eighty-three million dollars in today's money. Yeah, that's a lot. And there were rumors that President Roosevelt had made the final decision to move the first American Olympics in order to secure a bigger audience for St. Louis. So here's the thing:、mm-hmm. when you're throwing a Uh, I'm just gonna say a colonizer party. Yeah, 
you want people to be there or it makes you look bad. Yeah. So, like maybe what that bad thing that you did and are actively doing, yeah. maybe you shouldn't have done. Yeah. It's, it's got to be like people have to like, you know, clap for manifestos. Yeah. We got to get hordes of white people up in this so, thing. So uh, TR, uh, he's like, oh, we better... Boy, we better get some people up in there. That was the rumor. That is the rumor. Okay, okay. Now that the Olympics were in St. Louis's hands, it was time to see what they could make of it. Apparently, not much. <laughs> Slam, St. Louis. <laughs> it featured 16 sports in 94 events, including swimming, gymnastics, track, track and field, and tug of war. T- tug of war? Yep. Like on the challenge? Yeah. Okay. It was an Olympic event. Wow. They didn't have a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, they did not, like, hiking. <laughs> Competitive <laughs> hiking. They had, like, a mud pit and everything. All the sa- exact same 16 sports, but you shoot a gun after. <laughs> I don't think they had that, actually. <laughs> the host nation had 526 competitors out of the total athletes of 630. Oh. Many of them were recent immigrants without U.S. citizenship, but who were quickly granted citizen citizenship after their wins. You know, you love to see cronyism. You just love to see it. <laughs> so, like, Italy won a lot of medals, but suddenly they were American. So it was an American. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. The St. Louis Games, which were originally scheduled to take a place over two weeks, lasted nearly five months. Uh, what? <laughs> because they were being distributed amongst the World's Fair sports sp- showcases between military athletic carnivals and Irish sports festivals. Oh, and a YMCA basketball championship. Wow. They just couldn't schedule it all in. They, it, they yeah. Uh, in fact, there were so many sport events that both the athletes and the programmers were commonly confused about which sport were official events. Wait, they had unofficial events? Yeah. Uh, it was just buck wild. Oh, my God. Yeah, that sounds like, like it would be very difficult. Like, I remember the sort of difficulty getting tickets to the Vancouver Olympics. Yeah. And this sounds like just a real situation. So you could, like... Oh, basketball, that has to be Olympic. No, it's a bunch of old guys at the YMCA. <laughs> and you're like... Which is also good. What, what two countries are fighting? Well, no, it's just... It's not. <laughs> oh, women were allowed to compete in one official sport. Archery. But there were also... <laughs> there were also boxing events where they considered to be a display. Oh, like foxy boxing. Yeah, this is the this is the first <laughs> the foxy first boxing. ever Olympic sanctioned foxy boxing. <laughs> the marathon was going to be James Sullivan's crowning jewel. He wanted to use the new fad research based around purposeful dehydration. Oh no! And minimize fluid intake throughout the race. Oh no! That meant there are only two places runners could get fresh water. A water tower, six miles in, and a roadside well, 12 miles in. Oh, it's going to be bad. You have no idea. (laughs) Instead of starting in the cooler morning hours, the race began at 3.03 p.m., with temperatures hitting 32 degrees Celsius. Mm. That is 90 degrees Fahrenheit for all y'all Americans, with a dangerously high amount of humidity. The 24.8-mile course was filled with cracked stone roads covering an inch of dust, as well as seven hills, varying from 100 feet to 300 feet high. 
each with brutally long ascents. Oh my god, how did they do this so bad? <laughs> how did they do it so bad? Now, I don't think, like, marathons are supposed to be flat. Yes! <laughs> Because, like, the big thing is you run a long time, not that you run a long time and also climb hills. The cool thing is that you run a long time. Yeah. I did a 2K once when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. Um, or 1K. Yeah. It was called the Tri-K, and there were three Ks, mm-hmm. and 1K was swimming, and 1K was biking, and 1K was running. Oh, like a triathlon. Yeah. And yeah, so okay. I did it with two friends, and I did the running part, and yeah. it was I hated it. Um, and Why did you choose running? I don't like any of them. No. And... <laughs> So this is the least amount of work. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so when I was like training for it, because I would like run a kilometer from home okay. and come back, and my mom would tell me to do a chariots of fire finish. That's kind of cute, actually. <laughs> <laughs> What's that mean? Just for you to do 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 do? Well, do, no, it's do. like even if you're like flagging or you're not doing great, like you really got to push it at the end. Oh, because chariots of fire, like that's slow motion. Yeah. So I thought she meant for you to sing the song and go slow motion. I think that's what would have been better. Maybe I mean, I essentially was going in slow motion. <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen me run. I've actually never seen you run, and it's not good to see. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you. This was not a closed course. What? <laughs> what? Which, meant, which meant the runners had to compete with regular traffic and trains and trolley cars and people walking their dogs. Oh, my God. This course was called, quote, the most difficult a human being was ever asked to run over. And the runners soon were driven to their absolute limits. They were just Probably pissing and shitting, huh? Oh, I wish that was all that happened. <laughs> oh, no! William Garcia of California collapsed on the side of the road as his esophagus and stomach had been ripped by a layer of <gasps> dust. No! That was in the first six miles. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not ready. Al, you're not ready. Oh, no. Len Tao of South Africa was chased off the course by wild dogs. <laughs> <laughs> St. Louis! <laughs> hey, St. Louis! Why are you not only known for this? <laughs> Runner Felix Carvajal stopped at an orchard and ate too many rotten apples, and he had to lay down and have a nap. Okay, well, that's just, that's like... <laughs> <laughs> and then he barfed up a lot of apples. That's some Charlie Chaplin shit. <laughs> Thomas Hicks, the American favorite, was so desperate for water that his coaches instead fed him a mix of egg whites... And strychnine. Why? Which, in small doses, was a commonly used stimulant at the time. There was no rules about performing enhancing drugs in 1903. And this is the first recorded instance of drug use in the modern Olympics. Here, have some, uh, just have a little bit of cocaine. <laughs> just, a little, just a little bit of cocaine. Fred Lortz, another American favorite, was hit with severe muscle cramps by the nine-mile mark. Nine-mile mark. Like, this is, there's too many. They were were still kind of working on sports Uh, at this point. I don't even think they had running shoes at this point. (laughs) They were in full suits. Oh, my God. So he decided to hitch a ride in a car. Is that legal? Well, he was seen waving at spectators and (laughs) fellow runners for about 11 miles. Oh, this guy. (laughs) He hopped out and finished the race, running across the finish line with a time of under three hours. Which doesn't seem, like it seems like a lot for a marathon, even when you're riding in a car. Yeah. President Roosevelt's daughter, Alice, was about to give Lortz the gold medal when the crowd turned on the cheater. <laughs> Lortz smiled and claimed he was only he only finished as a joke and then slinked away. Oh, what a liar. <laughs> 
as Lourdes was being disqualified. Thomas Hicks, remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Was feeling disoriented from the strychnine. Oh, no. His coaches urged him forward, giving him another dose of strychnine. No. And egg whites with some brandy to wash it. No. <laughs> you can't have water. It's bad. <laughs> he began hallucinating. Believing that the finish line was still 20 miles away as he jogged down the last hill before the stadium, he begged to lie down, but his trainer supported him on either side and carried him over the line, quote, holding him aloft while his feet moved back and forth. That's so sad. Hicks was declared the winner. (laughs) Oh, a reminder that this Olympics was meant to show Anglo-America's cultural superiority. (laughs) A real goof troop over here. In order to lean into the Olympics theme of white supremacy, Sullivan worked with William McGee, the World's Fair head of the Department of Anthropology. Together, they developed a Special Olympics, which would pit the residents of the fair's, quote, human zoo against white competitors to, quote, demonstrate the inherent inferiority of the world's indigenous peoples. Yeah. It's not so fun anymore, huh? No, it's not fun anymore. The Olympics, quote, Anthropology Days. Oh, you know that's not good. Took place on August 12th and 13th of 1904. Now, so this, I don't know, people might have read a lot about the Chicago human zoos. Mm -hmm. The St. Louis human zoos were very, very similar where there was a, quote, agent who brought over indigenous peoples from across the world and inside of North America and... They they were called quasi-imprisoned because they were paid, but not, you know, I don't think, <laughs> if I could just, <laughs> they were paid, but I would say not much. Can I say, yeah. do we, is this something where we like, we can sort of see the footprint of this in the modern Epcot experience? Wow, let's go for it. <laughs> Would you not say? Like, traveling the world. Yeah. Look at all these different countries and the way that they're different from us. Yeah, but I guess, and let's get a snow cone. I mean, I'm not saying it's directly the same thing. I'm just saying I think that there's there's an interest in the other that, like, basically created the study of anthropology, and I think it's been a part of American culture for a long time. this in itself was more insidious, because this is, look how how silly these... I mean... Like, they had had groups from Japan come, and their whole thing was like, you know, at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., they get to climb trees, because that's how they hunted or whatever. And here's these motherfuckers (laughs) who are like, okay, I guess. Sure, sure. Sure. Well, I I mean, definitely more insidious, but also it was 1904. So, like, if you look at this in modern Epcot and the center point, what would have that look? What would that have looked like? Right? Like it would oh, have I changed see. throughout time. Interesting. And I'm not saying Epcot is bad. Well, I'm just saying. Have you been to it lately? And I've never been there, and oh. I I only know about it through you. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think that there's a narrative theme. You know, we like to be looky loose. Yeah, we like to exoticize the other boy. Boy, sure do we. Uh, Each day went very poorly, by the way. Yeah, that does not shock me at this point. First off, the indigenous people within the human zoo balked at the sports offered, including shot put, high jump, and water polo, calling the sports Sullivan offered absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Because they're like, what, water polo? Like, what the? On a horse? (laughs) Is water polo on a horse? No, man. Okay. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Did you think the horses were in the pool? Maybe. Oh, wow. Wait, is polo not in water? Po- there is polo. Are 
I know they're different. Okay, you know Marco Polo. The yeah. Game? That's what you play. No, there's polo on horses. No, wa- no water polo. It's just Marco Polo. <laughs> Why you gotta lie to me? There is polo on horses, and it's with the big stick, and it's like croquet on but a horse. But water polo is it's like for, ball. for movie and TV jocks. Yes! Welcome to the OC, bitch! Oh, wow! Yeah, the OC guys didn't ride a horse. They didn't have a horse. See, there you go. McGee had a hard time finding participants, as they were not paid extra, to participate. So he basically went around and he's like, hey, let's... You You want to jump over this bar? Hey, look, no, no. Hey, look, we got to prove that white people are are superior. Why don't you come and... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) One strength event only had three athletes, all three of whom walked away before the second round. Because it was hard. Because they were like, wh- why? Why would I? I'm quasi-imprisoned. You're yeah. not paying me to do this event. Communication between the English and the large variety of indigenous languages was non-existent. And the athletes were not given any type of coaching or training. This was very apparent when the runners of the 100-yard dash, of course, did not understand the ridiculous concept of a starting gun. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, God. They also stopped right before the finish ribbon so that their fellow competitors could catch up and pass under the tape together, which is kind of (laughs) cute. I'm just so sad in general. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, man. This is this fucking womp. (laughs) It's very bad. This is the history of the Olympics, by the way, folks. The competitors in the tug-of-war refused to pull, as, of course, they did not want their finest regalia they were forced to wear to be dragged through the mud. Uh, legit. Yeah, legit. Could you imagine how, like, my fucking grandma made this for me. <laughs> Why? I don't want to do this. Bunch of white people looking at me. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Worried that their event was crumbling. It was. Uh, McGee and Sullivan. Uh, by the way, I, you, I have sources. The audiences were, like, not into it. Like, they didn't come and watch it. Not because it was racist, but because it was boring. <laughs> you imagine, imagine if you will, someone forced to a wear their quote native costume, and they did call it costume back then, and to come and say, "Here, come play this sport," and they're like, "You haven't explained it to us. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't understand a single word you say." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Exciting, I mean, huh? it doesn't sound great to watch. No. Real exciting, huh? <laughs> um, worried that their event was crumbling, McGee and Sullivan set up events the second day that they hoped would connect more with the indigenous athletes. This included tree climbing, uh-huh. fighting demonstrations, uh-huh. a Mohawk versus Seneca lacrosse match, no. and mud throwing. Oh, no. This day, of course, did not go any better. <laughs> Shocking. It went worse. <laughs> <laughs> the anthropology days, just like the St. Louis Olympics, were a failure. But the events did show how deeply white supremacy and corruption are rooted in the Olympic Games, which are still going on today. Yeah, it's bad. Right now, in fact, these deeply seated issues continued to get dug up as time moved on. For example, the 1936 Berlin Games became famous for Lenny Riefenstahl's propaganda film, Olympia. Turns out that the Games had a very specific closeness to the Nazi ideology of, quote, extraordinary aesthetic triumph. What would the National Socialists (laughs) find so compelling about a a series of games where people compete based on nation? Mm. Specifically one specific nation, (laughs) but not a country. I'm not talking about a country. No. (laughs) 
Because men created the IOC, their vision of sport was strictly masculine. Equality was not frequently discussed. Women were not allowed to compete in track events longer than 200 meters until when, Al? 1998. Ooh, that's a good guess. 1968. (laughs) (laughs) For fear, the events would be, quote, unacceptable and dangerous to the health of global womanhood. Oh, my God. The Olympics also came with a determined effort to, quote, socially cleanse the host city of people (laughs) who had been unhoused. For example, the 1996 Atlanta Games brought random and frequent police sweeps, a number of new anti-lottering and panhandling ordinances, and the deportation of 25,000 unhoused people. I mean, I lived through it here in Vancouver. Yeah. And I, yeah, like, I went back and forth to school in the downtown east side every day, and it was very clear what was happening to the unhoused people that lived there. Just disappeared. Yeah. Just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, like in Atlanta's case and Vancouver's case, it's not like we're building new stadiums and like, oh, you've got to move. It is literally just cleaning house. Yeah. You yeah. are in a part of the city that is adjacent to the downtown core. People will come here. We do not want them to see you. Yeah. And I'm not even mentioning there were, I believe in Rio and Beijing, there were unhoused people and then there was housed people who were displaced wow hey this neighborhood we're gonna bulldoze it it's too poor we're building a stadium here goodbye Mm. that happened in london too i i believe i believe something like that yeah this is not even mentioning all the countless incidents of racism sexism and transphobia that has bled into every single game since this modern day inception uh in my sources there is literally a list of olympic scandals uh it is very long so go look through that one Mm -hmm. but in 1998 it took bribery fraud and racketeering to finally threaten the future of the olympic games and in 2000 it took one ad campaign to unfortunately bring it back Much like St. Louis, Salt Lake City was desperate for the games. (laughs) Well, we gotta have them. Salt Lake thirsty as hell. (laughs) So salty. So salty. Behind the scenes, Salt Lake City Bid Committee, which had close ties with the Utah Economic Development Plans, began connecting with IOC members and the international sports organizations in 1986. So they've wanted it for a long time. I did not know how long it took to get an Olympic Games. Currently, it's like, we don't want him. <laughs> please don't come here. Please, please don't come here. But back then, they're like, I want some. These efforts peaked in 1998 when the Winter Games that year went to Nagano, Japan, with a 60, sorry, with a 46 to 42 vote. So it was very close. Mm-hmm. The Salt Lake Olympic Bid Committee was very active in voicing their disgruntled loss. Quote, we were giving out saltwater taffy and cowboy hats, and they were giving out computers. Oh, Utah. <laughs> I don't know if they have that accent, but I imagine they do. <laughs> Indeed, the Nagano Olympic Big Committee had spent around $14 million entertaining all 62 IOC members at the time. Though that amount is approximate since Nagano destroyed the financial records after the IOC asked the entertainment funds not be made public. Wow. Okay. Oh, it's going to get worse. Don't worry. So, like, City needed to one-up their bidding war. They invited 70 members of the IOC to personally visit the city. Job offers were slid under the table, as were university admissions, free health care, shopping sprees, excessive amounts of travel, and just cold, hard cash. Okay, so if you control the Olympics, you can get free health care? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. All in all, the Salt Lake City Olympic Bid Committee spent in excess of $1.2 million. I almost said billion. (laughs) $1.2 million. All the bribes seemed to have a big effect. Utah was finally granted the 2002 Winter Games. Now, I have fond memories of those games because I was in New Hampshire Mm. and the Canadian men's team won the gold medal against the USA. Oh. And as a Canadian, as the only Canadian in my high school, I was very proud of myself. You got to strut around like a peacock. I did with my brand new uh, Team Canada jersey. Oh, wow. Felt good then. Doesn't feel so good now. Nope. (laughs) But on November 24th, 1998, exactly 12 years after I was born. Ha-ha. Hey! Hey! <laughs> was that, like, your birthday? Like, 12 yeah, years? Okay! Yeah. November 24th, baby. Scorpio. Where's my... Sagittarius. Sagittarius. My bad. We Thank know you. so many Scorpios. Yeah. I'm on the cusp. You can feel it. <laughs> yeah, I can feel it all right. <laughs> the vote-buying scandal surfaced when a letter uh, when a letter surfaced that proved the bid committee was paying the tuition of an IOC's board member's child. Oh my god. Oopsie daisy. We love a tuition scandal. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> a federal grand jury charged 15 counts of conspiracy to commit fraud, bribery, and racketeering to the formal president, former president, and vice president of the Salt Lake City Bid Committee. Ten members of the IOC were expelled and another ten were sanctioned. This is the first time in IOC history members have been expelled. Which seems weird. Yeah. Like, the guys who gave it to Berlin, you would think. they th- We were cool with them? I guess. I guess. Oh, I I talk a lot about the Berlin Olympics in my history class mm-hmm. because it is, it is a just keystone event in the history of propaganda. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because everyone, like, people went over, they're like, this Hitler guy? Wow, he's really turning Germany around, huh? <laughs> you seen these Volkswagen? Wow! Because Germany was doing really well during the Great Depression, and everyone else was not. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, Germany as a federal government and not the German people. No, Anyway, no, no, that's no, a different no, ad no. creep, man. Yeah. After the scandal surfaced and public opinion began to turn, the IOC realized they had to revive their brand. <laughs> I, I, those words made my, like, made my, my parts shrivel up inside of oh, me. Oh, yeah, it's a brand, and they got to revive it. Ugh. They hired, hired Lee Cloud, the ad agent who developed the, quote, Think Different campaign that launched the Macintosh personal computer. Wow. So they got, they got, hey, they got to throw money around. They got a heavy hitter. They approached Robin Williams to do the voiceover. Williams refused to be paid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but requested only for his child to be a torchbearer in the relay before the 2002 Salt Lake City Winter Games. The IC- IOC could not have been happier with the arrangement. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the IOC launched their... Celebrate Humanity Public Service Announcement. Oh, no. Oh, no. That made me want to get up and run away. (laughs) Sorry, but we're going to watch it. On TV leading up to the 2000 Sydney uh, Summer Games. Because, like, they have to do major damage control. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ads soon spread out to radio, print, seven series of short films, and even in-flight screens. (laughs) The spots became so popular that broadcasters were asking the IOC how much they had to pay to air the campaign. What? That's not how this works. Y'all got it twisted. 
The Olympic Games had squeaked out a win. They had erased a legacy of corruption and pushed a history of bigotry under the rug. James Edward Sullivan would have been proud. You ready? I am... Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Let's watch it. This ad is going to be in our sources, so you can watch it too. We'll return after these messages. You are my adversary, but you are not my enemy. For your resistance gives me strength. Your will gives me courage. Your spirit ennobles me. And though I aim to defeat you, should I succeed, I will not humiliate you. Instead, I will honor you. For without you, I am a lesser man. Welcome back to the show. Whoo! I mean, that's definitely the Olympics. They tried to shove down our throats as kids. This, the, the like, heartfelt ones? Boy, howdy. We're different. We're from different places. But we can still compete against each other and not be mean about it. <laughs> Isn't the Olympics just, like, war? Yeah, it is, like, a form, a form of combat. It, but, like, with sports. A, a sports combat. A sports war. A sports war. Oh, Oh, gosh. <laughs> but I really love hockey, though, Al. When will my husband come back from the sports war? <laughs> Says the wife in the kitchen, making Totina's pizza rolls during the Super Bowl. <laughs> Do you want to explain what you saw? Yeah, I saw a lot of Olympic footage of different events, of people wearing uh, jerseys from, well, jerseys or whatever, little outfits they wear. Little outfits. <laughs> Little gay outfits. Whatever little gay outfits they're wearing. <laughs> That's very important for the Olympics. <laughs> what do you want to be a wrestler for? Is gay to touch other men? <laughs> and I you should get to be wear, a wrestler. And you get to wear a really cute outfit. <laughs> uh, yeah, we saw lots of footage of, of people wearing like the, the uh, outfits of different... Well, they're all wearing the same sort of uniform, but with yeah. different colors representing their different countries. What sports did you see? I saw some wrestling. Yeah. I saw a baton top pass. A baton, a baton toss? Okay. Is a majorette. I want to know what kind of sports. <laughs> I don't want to know what kind of sports were in, in this commercial. I want to know what kind of sports you think was in the commercial. <laughs> I saw some water think, polo with horses. I don't think there was wrestling. Do you mean judo? Oh, was it judo? The, they're they're in the little pajamas. I could only see it for like a second. Wrestling I don't really is know they're in happening. onesies. I don't. Okay. I'm not a sports boy, Courtney. Okay. I Come don't. On. Look, I'm a jock. I'll guide you through this. <laughs> yeah, like if I'm wearing, if I'm doing a sport, it's for the gay little outfit and nothing else. <laughs> I just sit on the side and look good in my gay little outfit. I'm the water boy. <laughs> I feed your horses in the pool. <laughs> I'm the egg whites and the strychnine boy. <laughs> You're the boy who makes sure there's no wild dogs on the field. I'm in the bathroom, doling out the bumps. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways, so there was apparently judo. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a baton pass, which I think is a track and field thing. Yeah, relay race. Okay. Yeah. Uh, other running, other forms of running. <laughs> Frankly, too many forms of running for my gay ass. <laughs> and that's about all I remember. Yeah, there was some gymnastic. Look, it was probably all, it was all it was all it was all the summer games, which I thought was interesting. But I guess it was before the Sydney Olympics because um, they had to get out of a hole by then. Yeah, uh, and 
it was a lot of talk about like spirit. Yeah. Like what what this contextualizes for me is that I feel like during and I mean this maybe a unique experience as someone who's lived in a city that's hosted the Olympics. I yeah. don't know. Um, but it, it feels like for me, when the Vancouver Olympics were here and I was trying to have conversations with people yeah. about the issues with the Olympics overall and specifically in Vancouver. Yeah. This is where they were coming from. This is where these people were coming from. It's infectious. It is absolutely infectious because this is the media we're fed. Everything else Mm -hmm. is is kind of pushed under. And here's the thing, folks. Like, I will admit to be, uh, like, just addicted to the Olympics because it feels like it's that raw, raw, like, nationalism, icky, icky thing. Yeah. When... Canada and the United States in in 2010 were in the men's hockey final and you had everyone in Vancouver out on the streets celebrating a win together. It felt magical and special. But then you realize that, oh, we literally cleared unhoused people from this very city to to make this look squeaky clean for cameras and for the world. Yeah. It, it, it gives you um, it gives you a boost of adrenaline. Yeah, it definitely And does. it fills your brain with endorphins, mm-hmm. and that's why you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, my team won, my country won, like, yeah. hell yeah. But come on. Come on now. Come on. Come on now. You want endorphins? Jerk off. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Al... Yes. It is the 2021 Olympics now. No. Like, currently, like, right now when this comes no. out. No. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> this is hard. I'm sorry. That's, this is the name of the game. So how do we, quote, celebrate humanity? How do we, how do we make a new Olympics ad? Public service announcement. I want to do for the Olympics. Yeah. What the Puppy Bowl did for the Super Bowl. People were out of it. We can't be there. It's a pandemic. Yeah. We shouldn't be there. We should not. Hey, we should not be there. Especially all those unvaccinated people. Don't! They shouldn't. Anyway, go on. What we gotta do, we gotta get animals up in here. The Animal Olympics. (laughs) The Animal Olympics. The Animal Olympics. I'm pretty sure there was a cartoon that did that very well. Now, PETA, I don't want to hear about (laughs) it. This is going to be very puppy bowl in that we don't expect these animals to do a sport. We just expect them to be in and around the sports equipment. Yeah, we're not we're not trying to make you do anything you don't want to do. Yeah, so if you want to piss on the floor, piss on the floor. We got a guy for that. <laughs> it's me. Oh, you're the piss cleaner. Interesting. <laughs> I'm all of it. Oh wow! Can you pair an animal with an Olympic sport, please? Yeah, I mean, I feel like because because what you're saying is we're recreating. Uh, we're recreating the shot instead of celebrate humanity. It's celebrate cute animals. Yeah. Okay. Celebrate cute humanity. Oh boy. <laughs> so instead of shots of humans doing sports, we have just animals be- doing. Yeah, like okay. just attempting. Give so, me a hold on. Give me a sport. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give okay. me an animal. Um. So, uh, like a, a hundred meter dash. Yeah. Puppies. Well, that'd be really cute. Oh, we got puppies, and they're all running for the end. Oh, that'd be oh. cute. And they're going over there, and they're going over there. Yeah. And okay. Then, okay, so I'm we dead. got we got some sort of a form of martial arts. Could you match? Sorry, I'm backing up. Relay race. The puppies now have little batons in their mouth. Oh, and they got to pass it. They're not going to do that. <laughs> they're not going to do that. They're puppies. Are you kidding me? Okay, martial arts, yeah. cats. 
I don't know if oh, you've yeah. ever seen my cat hit me in the face. Well, I try to hold her so my roommate can give her a pill. She got me good a couple of times. Oh, uh, they're just hiss, hiss. Well, no hiss, but no. just sort of a bat, bat. A bat, bat. Um, <laughs> and cute. so I feel like cats would be good at that. It, yeah. Also, like, they like to sort of sometimes wrestle when they yeah. get PO'd. That's cute. Um, marathon, snails. Oh, it's a long distance. You're going to be watching that for a long time. You're going to be very satisfied with the result. <laughs> Plus, I'm giving these snails egg whites and strychnine. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> You cannot. And then gymnastics, yeah. pandas. <laughs> but what we're going to do is yeah. we're going to put a whole bunch of old fruit out there. They're wow. going to get drunk as hell. And they're going to flop all over they're the place. They're going to flop all these motherfuckers. Wow. They can't fuck to save their lives. Oh, my god! They're gosh. not going to do gymnastics. <laughs> I like how this is not a... Nation v. Nation. No. It's just a bunch of aminals. It's it's wild v. wild. Wow. And humans, we just watching. We're just watching from the safety of our homes. Celebrate animals. Celebrate cute animals. <laughs> I like this Olympics much better. Yeah, it's completely unrelated to the existing Olympics. Obviously, it has a different name so that we don't get sued. Yeah, we can't we can't we cannot be dealing with the existing Olympics. It's all it's it started gone. In fact, I don't know how we're gonna name this. <laughs> Should we call it the Big O? The Big O. Oh, yes. <laughs> the Big O. Celebrate humanity. <laughs> now there's another version of the ad. Oh, wow. Celebrate humanity. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what we name this. Maybe we will just put in the Olympics. Yeah. Olympic. Because <laughs> I think if you just do it singular, they can't catch you. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I mean, we are talking about it. We We're are? not saying it's our own thing. No. I don't know how the well, law works. Well, maybe it's the Olympics, like, it belongs, celebrate humanity. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Listen, I'm bad at sports, and I don't know how law works. <laughs> what are they going to come after us? Bitch, you come after us. <laughs> IOC, I got your number. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Hey, do you want... A local ad? Yeah, I do. Okay, I got a little palate cleanser for you. I'm gonna cleanse your little oh, palate. Please. Oh boy. Hey, Fest Madre Junior. How are you? Let's face it, Joe, I love seafood. By the way, if you love seafood too, and with a little spice, come with me. Ah, Lenny's Clam Bar. Now that's my kind of place. The special, Frankie? The special, Joe. Just feast your eyes on some of these dishes. Shrimps, calamata, baked clams, tender scongeli, and luscious linguine with red or white clam sauce. Ah, my special. Lenny's special broiled lobster tail with shrimps and mussels for, would you believe? 525. Mmm, outrageously delicious. And one thing about Lenny's, everything is prepared fresh and served with Lenny's famous sweet, hot, or medium hot sauce. So the next time you're going to make it seafood, make it great Italian seafood. Make it one of Lenny's clam bars. Say, Frankie send you, and you'll get a glass of wine and a half. There's a Lenny's clam bar in Howard Beach, Queens, Staten Island, Brooklyn Heights, Rockville Center, and Huntington. How you feel? I'm starstruck. (laughs) 
First of all, this is for Lenny's Clam Bar. In the greatest city in the world, among other places. <laughs> among other places. This is featuring one Frank Sinatra Jr. It sure is. And uh, he's eating a lot of clams. <laughs> he's eating a lot of pasta. <laughs> My man's going ham. Uh, so this this is a great local ad because it uses a, I guess, stars. Quote, unquote, celebrity. Celebrity. And um, he's, eating, he's sitting down, he's eating pasta. There is a bunch of shots, very quick shots of different clam pastas. Yeah. I didn't know there were so many clam pastas. We got a linguine in there at least. Wow, at least. And then my favorite, you have, I guess that's Lenny. Lenny? I think his name's Joe. Joe, but it's Lenny's clam bar. Or Frank? Frank is Frank Jr. Frank Sinatra Jr. Oh, yes. Yeah, I got okay. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. The owner. The owner. The owner's Joe. But why isn't it Lenny's clam well, bar? Well, maybe it was passed down from a father or grandfather anyway, named I'm going to call him I don't know. I don't I'm going to call him Okay, Lenny. call him Lenny. I'll do See, it. if I care. I don't, like, whatever. <laughs> like, you're so weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, if you mention Frank Sinatra Jr.'s name... You get a glass and a half of wine. A glass of wine and a half. What a deal. <laughs> also, speaking of deals, yeah. that lobster special that Frankie ordered, $5.25. How? How $5.25. Lenny, what are your overheads? <laughs> are you okay? I also love how Frank Sinatra Jr., he's like, and this this fucking uh, lobster and shrimp plate for, and then he stops, and then someone else, like, AVRs it in. Five twenty-five. <laughs> Can I just say about, I'll say this about Frank. Yeah. My man was hitting all his marks. He was giving it. He was, he, he knows how to sell it to you. Now, I do want to part the curtain a little bit. I do have a Frank Sinatra Sr. ad in my, Ooh. in my research and he was famous for not doing well in ads. <laughs> well, his son learned wow. from his mistakes. Wow, wow, wow. And that mustache? That mustache. What? Frank Sinatra Jr. had, like, real uh, Freddie Mercury vibes. He did. And I could you imagine the clam sauce on that mustache after this? Oh, <laughs> I'll save it for later. You know, f- you know, Lenny's favorite famous clam sauce with three different types of sauces. He's just got that lip tickler covered Lord. in the stuff. If you have a local ad that features a famous celebrity or a not famous celebrity like or this one. just some guy. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at uh, adcreeps at gmail.com. You can go to Instagram and Twitter at adcreeps and DM us or, like, tweet at us. And we'll lap it up like a cat who just won at judo. We will lap it up like a plate of oh, no. Lenny's beautiful clam linguine with the regular hot or medium hot sauce. For five twenty-five. Oh boy! And if you want to lick some clams with us, please give us <laughs> <laughs> please give us five stars for that joke alone. Yes, please. And hey, here's something that you might enjoy. I uh, I don't know why, but maybe if you enjoy this and you have a friend or oh, yeah. a coworker who you think might enjoy also our comedy stylings and important information about history. Just go see, hey, check out, check this out. Hey, do you know a coworker that's really into the Olympics? Just say, hey, I got a podcast for you. Hey, listen to this one, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> now explain yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Okay. Well, 
Well, well, until next time, we are signing off. Word for my spouse. As you go, like some clams <laughs> <laughs> with hot chosh.